Oh, come on, Red. I need to get you out of here. We need to do the show. Oh, God, I'm going to get him out of here if it's the last thing I do. Oh, <coughs> perfect. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to part two of season two, three-parter of Farscape Rewatch. <laughs> No, this is it's season part two of season two of no That's... part two of. It's Hi, episode... how, how's everybody doing? How are you all doing? It's episode twelve of season two of Fastgate Rewatch, part two of Look at the Princess. Yeah, I am Carmel Hats, and joining me is Red Nightmare, now free from his hey. statue prison. Uh, I'll get you for that at some point. You do realize that, right? Mm, I'm watching you, <laughs> but today actually we're watching this episode. Ah, <laughs> segways, mm. <laughs> and yeah, we're following on from. Look at the Princess Part 1. This is the three-parter. And uh, in the previous episode, there was a lot of setup. But mm -hmm. the, and there's a recap at the beginning of this episode with Rigel saying, previously on Farscape. Yes. Um, and it's just like, okay, they went to this planet. they testing to see if people are compatible. And yeah. John is compatible with the Princess, who's compatible with no one else because of a political coup mm. thing, plot, plot thing. And so he has to get married to her, because if he doesn't, then he'll be handed off to Scorpius. Also, if her brother takes the throne, then he'll start a war. So yeah. he's between a rock and a hard place, so he has to get married. Everybody is very upset about this. Mm. And, and also, Zahn is also somewhere else. Yeah, Zan and Moya have like buggered off and gone to do a weird B-plot. Um, <laughs> meeting Moya's creators, for some uh -huh. reason. And the other thorn in this is that... Crichton and his bride-to-be will be turned into statues for 80 cycles. Yeah. Because this planet is messed up. Mm-hmm. God, space. Yeah. So that's, like, they had to set all that up in that episode. So last week was a, it was a very dense, very busy episode. Mm -hmm. A lot of things going on. This week we get, we don't have to do all of that. No, <laughs> so thank we, God. So we can actually have more plot and actual things happening and not just info dump, info dump, info dump. <laughs> This, this this goes way better. Oh yeah, so, definitely but, does. Yeah, so we start off where we left uh, John oh. last time, being held by traitors and being executed by electrical thingy, when <laughs> somebody from the Matrix jumps. Yeah, in. I have read that Kung Fu lady. Just wah, 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 wah. we just she's see... just flying through the air, high kicks, yeah. breaking arms. We we don't like the first things we see is like close ups of a fist and like a foot and like dress whirling around and then once everybody has been punched uh, to the floor, it pans back and reveals that it is actually the woman who uh, was hanging off Claivor's arm who's going to yeah. marry him. Uh, her name is Genevian. Genevian. Yeah. Okay. And um, turns out she well, obviously there's more to her than we thought, and she says to John, so what? Div Division are you with? You know, what? Uh, who sent you? And she's like, I'm a peace. Basically, she's a peacekeeper plant. Yeah, actually, actually, she asks him, "What yeah. division are you from?" And John's like, "You know, I can't tell you that." John, like, immediately being doing the smart thing and trying to bluff his way through it. Yep. <laughs> Not being like, "What are you talking about?" Like, no, that probably would have got him killed. Um, mm -hmm. And so yeah, he plays her along. Didn't know I'd be getting back up, and she says, "You know." I admire your commitment to the mission, being frozen for 80 cycles. And John's like, yeah, uh, I think her actual words are, 
I wouldn't let them turn me into a statue for 80 cycles. And John's like, funny, I had the exact same thought just now. And she's like, are you wavering? He's like, ah, no, no, they're definitely not wavering. Mission, don't jeopardize. Mission, definitely working no, for no, the peacekeepers. No, no, no. Thank you, uh, cheerio. Uh, I gotta go. Also, an uh, interesting note is that her mission is that she stays close to Claivor, and if he gets the throne, she kills him. Yeah, which makes sense, because she doesn't want them to have um, a uh, fallout. Scarring. Yeah. The, the fallout, the peacekeeper wouldn't care about the fallout. It's the tactical advantage that region Ah, uh, that's true, provides. actually, yeah. That's so they... why they don't want to hand it to the Skarens. Oh, uh, yeah, then they can put their own... Per ah, yeah. yeah. Crafty. Crafty pl also, plots within she, plots. Minor details. She uses an uh, Assassin's Creed Assassin blade. Oh yeah, it comes comes guys. out of like her sleeve and goes into a guy's throat. Yeah. <laughs> like whoa. Yeah. God dang. And uh, so then uh, then I think that's like we have then we have the titles there, which is mm -hmm. I was like oh that's very quick and I'm like no wait there was a big long dump of what <laughs> happened last time. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes sense. And then we go to God. I love this. I found Claver annoying in the first episode, but I love him in this one. <laughs> it's much better. Because he's like, John has basically just gone to his room and is, ba is just slapping him on the cheek. It's like, <laughs> hey, hey. No. Hey. Oh. No. hit me on royalty. He's <laughs> like, just punches him square in the face. He's like, I nearly got killed. I want off this planet. It's like, how dare you strike me? Pow. <laughs> It's just I like the complete. It, it reminded me a little bit about um, Game of Thrones when Tyrion starts slapping. Yeah, Joffrey. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's exactly. Oh, it's it's very much like that. Yeah. Oh, like, he's, 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 oh, I don't care. I really. And he just grabs him by the nose. <laughs> he just holds him to the bed. You're going to find out. If you didn't kill me, you're going to find out who it is. You're going to find out a way for me to get off this throne. You're going to find out a way to get your sister off the hook. And then you get to be king. And he's making uh, Claybor nod by pulling on his nose <laughs> the whole time. I thought Claybor was nodding. No, himself. no, no. John's making. I, I, I'm, I think he is just like, yes, you will do this <laughs> by holding his nose. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, and so like, there's behind. There's like a screen with a buff off, uh, slightly in the background, and Jen Jenna is there. Genevieve, um and you know she's having a bath, still pretending to be, you know, his uh, fiance. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, Ronar enters, who is the uh, uh, what's the name of her species? Well, anyway, the lizard, the alien we saw last episode, played by Brent Browder's wife. Mm -hmm. And uh, and she's like, oh, sorry, I interrupt. And <laughs> I love John's line. No, no, I'm fine. Kid over here is going to need a hug and a warm bath. Yeah. <laughs> That's what my notes for this scene and just say bath and a hug. That's what he needs. Bath and a hug, yeah. And <laughs> I love that Clayford then is like, get my mother! I'm going to tell mommy! 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 <laughs> he doesn't say it like that, but the implication is oh, so Oh, yeah. Like, so... Mommy, I want my mommy! <laughs> so then Crichton uh, is with Tyno, who's very upset with it. He says... He's basically trying to convince him that he was attacked. And it's like, I got attacked by these guys, uh, beat me up. And say, well, where are they? Where's the evidence? Said that I told you the disruptor they use, were going to use on me was used on them to disintegrate the bodies. So that clearly happened off, off screen. <laughs> and he's like, what about the guard that uh, was, you know, knocked out? So we could be anywhere. And it's like, Dargo is backing him up. Chiano is backing up. They're both walking with mm -hmm. him. But Tyno's like, okay, I can't. 
I can't accuse Clavor without proof because the royal family abhors violence. You know, I. <laughs> yeah. Cut to the princess walking in, turning John around and slapping him full in the face. <laughs> I mean, before that, we. Well, I mean, we do find out that Tyno. I mean, he can't accuse Clavor no, because. He believes but, it. Yeah, he absolutely believes it's something he would do, but, yeah. you know. But, but you've got to have proof. <laughs> he says, the royal family abhors violence right before the princess walks in, turns John around and slaps him full in the face. Yeah, that's great. It's just, there's so many good cuts in this. Mm. So like, then she's like, okay, I need to speak to, to you privately, John. And um, they go into a room together. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you made a fool out of me. It's like, I know Clavor poisoned my DNA, but I don't believe he'd kill anyone. I don't think, you know, you're accusing people of this, and this is ridiculous. She slaps him at least once during this conversation. Oh, I, I, a couple of times, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at one point, he said, there is one where he says, this is, I'm also saving your ass, and then she slaps him and was like, yeah, okay, fair, I deserve that one. <laughs> yeah. Because she's like, you don't want to marry me. And he's like, we've been over this. Yeah. No, I don't want to marry you. I'm doing it to save both our... Oh, it's, yeah. It's like, did you think he loved you? No. Come on. No. But uh, the pro but the problem is that the empress now considers Crichton unstable because she's you know he's accusing uh, Clavor and you know it's not he's put himself in a worse spot so he could be thrown out mm -hmm. and then this whole thing falls apart because she wants more tests done on him and all that stuff and Catrella just doesn't believe him about anything that he's trying to say. She's like, you're no. full of it. Uh, you're lying, and if you are, then you, I can't marry you because I can't trust you. Now we cut to Moya to find out what the hell is happening there with Zan and Pilot and just uh, a lot of smoke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's like a plume of smoke just flying around Moya, and Zan's like, what the hell is this? Where, where is it, Pilot? And he says, it's coming along the tier. And it's like, where is it? And it like comes right up behind her. <laughs> I'm surprised Zan wasn't at some point. He's right behind me, isn't he? Yeah, I, I, th I was expecting Pilot to be like, it's behind you, and then she's just, whoa. Um, but no, it, she turns around. Mm -hmm. So out of the smoke, we see a person emerges. Yes, completely dressed in white, uh, white-ish skin. Yeah, very pale makeup. Reminding me a little bit about uh, of um, a Roman senator dressed oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, very much, because he's even got like uh, leaves, like a leaf thing around his yeah. head. And he's got, yeah, white robes and... Purple leaves, something, uh, something coming. Mm. And he's a rather large gentleman as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he definitely looks like maybe a sort of Roman... It's quite definitely going for the Roman yeah. god kind of look, but not like the, you know, the perfect... Like the the one that would be in charge of wine and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's, that's a perfect example. Yeah. And he says his name is Kahenu, mm -hmm. and they're the builders of Moya, and... and Zan is saying, "Oh, you, you know, you created more. You gave her life," and she says, "No, well, anyone can get anyone can give a machine life. That's easy. Uh, we gave her a soul." And um, says, "I've been through Moya. I've checked her systems. She's in good health, and she's given birth." And he's like, yeah. "Yes, to a male offspring." Yeah, she's given birth to a male offspring. That is a gunship and destroys things. Yeah, and they say he says we created these ships as beings of peace, but the offspring can dispense carnage and I'm here to shut Moya down. And <laughs> which sounds like, wait, what? No. 
Uh, no, wait a minute. We kind of we kind of need Moya. Yeah. It's where people. It's where a lot of. It's also, it's not really live. her fault. It was against her will. Yeah. Like, pilot tries to cut in, but he's, he's basically just shut off. S- shut off by the by the god. And he said, you know, he says pilots do not speak to builders or whatever it is. Precious god. Yeah. As well, he's a bit of a dick. <laughs> but, so yeah, he's going to start shutting Moya down. No. Yeah. yeah. Also, fun fact. You know who this is? No. Could you not tell by the voice? No. And his powerful eyebrows. Wait, is this the actor that plays Rachel? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, that it is. Thir- that was my first. Uh, that was my second guess. Was like until the eyebrows. I wasn't entirely sure. Cool. It's uh, Jonathan Hardy. Yeah, in a rare actual uh, physical role, and not just a, a voiceover. I like his acting. Yeah, and <laughs> I could t- I could just about tell from the voice is is. Fairly similar. It's a little bit lighter the one he uses for Kahainu. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not so it's not literally just Zan speaking to Rachel because that would be weird, <laughs> and it would raise a lot of questions. A lot of questions. Yeah. So anyway, he's there to decommission Moya, which is no, please, no, we like Moya. Then we cut back to the planet, and uh, Aaron and Chiana. There's a great shot, like we have the wide shot establishing exterior shot of. Mm. In the background, there's the big pyramid, which we described last episode, and like lots of buildings city. and city. Yeah, and there's a great big lake with the grass verge uh, at the bottom of frame. And took me a second to notice, but like Chiana and Aaron are sitting down there, and they're actually it's quite they're quite small. I was yeah. like, when's this gonna cut? I was like, oh no, wait, there they are. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Chiana, but we do, you know, go to a close up of them talking, and Chiana's trying to convince Aaron, like, you need to tell Crichton how you feel. Does he know how you feel? It's like he knows everything he needs to. And she's and Chiana's like, no, men are dumb. Listen to me, Aaron. Men are dumb. <laughs> you have to tell them exactly what you mean, because otherwise they don't get it. I mean, I can attest that this this is I mean, true. She's not entirely wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest here. We are not all of us good at picking up on subtlety. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and Aaron, Aaron is still like, no, he knows everything. I'm, done with no no don't need to tell him she's still kind of angry about the whole thing and then guess who turns up hey it's casanova yeah he's he's like ah hello i'm uh i can't take a hint apparently Um, (laughs) see this is exactly what we just talked about yeah (laughs) and he comes in and says i am offering myself as a diversion i want to go come with the barren lands to me i'm going on a trip and And, he offers the little thing and aaron just grabs it Looks at it, checks it over his shoulder, and he's like, look, I'm going to be clear with you. It's not you, it's me. I don't like you. Yes, it's a great line. I love that so much. And he's like, oh, well, you've made your your feelings abundantly clear. Yeah. You didn't get get the hint the first two times? Dumbass. Yeah. (laughs) But when she took the little thing, I was like, oh, please, please throw it in the water. Throw it in the water. Yes! (laughs) I love the whole, she tosses it, and as it's still flying, she's starting her explanation. She's not even waiting for that punctuation to hit. (laughs) Like, Chuck, okay, we need to talk about this. Yep. Oh, God. Sorry, Aaron is is great, as always, but I love, yeah, it's not you, it's me. Right, so... Back with Katrala and Crichton in the same room we left them. Mm-hmm. You know, the Empire has finally found the base on Hoth. Yep. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> a large spherical droid 
robot thing comes in. It's got like blinking lights around it. It's actually a physical prop. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, nice. <laughs> I couldn't imagine it would be really bad, like uh, Turn of the Millennium CG. <laughs> Otherwise, mm-hmm. no Please thanks. No. This works and, way better. But it's just I mean, you can clearly lights. see it's being used on a string. <laughs> you can't see like... the string. You can just the movement is very clear, but it's fine. Whatever. And yeah, so they're like John's like. Uh, do you know what this is? Says I never seen this before. He says uh, Obi Wan had one of these. His was <laughs> his was smaller though. <laughs> I I was trying to figure out what name he said. No, no yeah, Obi Wan. It's like the little training thing that Luke uses mm. in the fight. Anyway, uh, so they try to get out, but the door's locked. Oh dear. And then the uh, robot starts releasing gas into the room, and John actually knows what he's like. Hey, okay, get down to the ground. Shallow breaths. You know, don't breathe it in. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a smart thing to do. Good job, yeah, Most gas, depending on if it's heavier or lighter than regular air, goes up or down. Yeah, it really depends. But um, mostly it goes up. <laughs> but before they fall unconscious, because they can't get out. I mean, John mm-hmm. tries to break through a window and doesn't work. Rona enters again. Yeah, glowy red eyes in the dark. Yeah, mist. And she's like, "Quick, come this way." I, she's got a really high pitched voice. So. It's so good. It's really it's so well. <laughs> She's like, quick, follow me. And uh, so they get led away, and before they fall unconscious, and Catralis says, I'm sorry I doubted you. I'll marry you after all. It's like, oh, great. That's all it took. A gas attack. That's great. <laughs> look, look. So, <laughs> some people like flowers. Some people like chocolates. Some people just realize how much they love somebody when they're gas attacked. <laughs> Who are we to judge? It's true. It's a different culture. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't so, <laughs> then we go to actually Rigel and Empress Novia. And Rigel is really playing up his uh, oh, diplomatic God, chops. He's, he's doing pretty well. Because she doesn't want to let Crichton leave the planet. Mm. And she continues to says denies that Clavor could be involved. And then Rigel, like, very smoothly, he's like... Come on, you know you. We're not fooling each other, and yeah, it's you, like aren't we past this? And she's slightly taken aback by that. <laughs> and he's like, "Look, we both know what what's going on. Let's be honest here." And I'm trying to find something mm. that will make sure that we all get what we want. Yeah. So what Rigel suggests is we take is they take Crichton and stash him somewhere mm-hmm. uh, for a while, so nobody nobody knows where he is. And so that until the wedding, so that you know he's safe and can't be attacked. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, and something, but so that neither side knows where he is until they need to bring him back. Yeah. And says, how do we do this? He says, well, Rona's people actually sent a ship full of gifts in orbit. There's nobody there. It's just full of presents and wedding gifts and stuff. So we can go there and stick him there until it's wedding time. Yeah, and I like that. Rigel says. You're most wise, Empress. At the end of this conversation, as he counters with, "You're most manipulative." <laughs> Great. Coming on, Rigel. Mm. It's like she knows, she, she knows darn well what Rigel's doing. She's just yeah. okay with it. Yep. She's allowing it. Yeah. So not even the rest of Moya's crew are going to know. Nope. Like the rest, the rest of her people aren't going to know because she sends the guards that are there away while they make this decision. Mm-hmm. So only the two of them actually know. Yeah, the only dep- and she says, the, Rigel asks, do you have guards that you trust completely? Mm. She said, I'll send my best paladins. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Okay. we're fleshing out this d- d- They've got paladins now. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Perfect. 
Um, and then actually Raito says, do you trust Rona? And uh, Empress Novia says, Rona will not betray us. And then Hard cut, cut to, to <laughs> Rona talking to Scorpius. <laughs> it's like, no, actually, Rona being handed money by Scorpius. We yeah. get this cut straight on the hand, accepting it. That's a lot of money, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, this is while Scorpius having his uh, oil changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the little the red thing. bar in his skull. Yep. Just, they put a new <laughs> blue bar, and wh just while he's talking with Rona, yeah, who's casual conversation, clearly unsettled by the situation, he's a little freaked out. Just uh, that thing starts drilling back into his skull. Yeah, and by the way, like the way this is, like they're still obviously they're still on the. Uh, same planet they've been the whole time, you know, he's mm -hmm. in a guest room, but the wall behind him is red with, uh, it's like uh, just a red big square, not really a window, but just behind him so that he's framed in red, like, you know, mm -hmm. Peacekeeper and bad guy kind of colours, which I think is a nice little touch. Because yeah. the two primary colours on this planet are white and red, but it's mostly white with, like, red accents. Yeah. This is just, like, a big wall of red directly behind Scorpius, and, like, yeah, that's... I see what they're going for there. Good set design. Yeah, very nice. Um, and I also love the cut to this, just... <laughs> yeah, it's great. Like you said, there's some good uh, cuts there. I can't remember the name for this sort of thing, but it's like a, you know, oh, don't worry, that'll never happen. Cut to that thing happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's giving money to Ronart, uh, you know, down payment for her work. The rest has come on completion of her mission, and mm -hmm. no witnesses. So, yeah, yeah she's going to double cross. The the thing is, Rona gets. Uh, he also hands her a device that's supposed to mm -hmm. alter its striking frequency. She knows exactly what it is. And Scorpius is just like, ah, good. And he pulls her onto his lap, and she's like, uh, well, then uh, we get a great reward for this. Okay, bye. <laughs> Just Thank you. <laughs> it's actually really cute. <laughs> yeah, and then and then uh, Scorpius says to his uh, to his colleague servant, uh, the other lady who also, who also wears kind of gimpy. Uh, mm. Well, no, not gimpy. H head to toe leather. Yeah, head to toe leather. That's a, that's a better word. <laughs> uh, he says, curious creature. Yeah. So you know he's using oh. her as a double cross and tell Lieutenant Braca. Hey Braca. Hey, he's uh, back. Tell Lieutenant Braca the, that of the completion of his mission, he needs to make sure that there will be no witnesses. Mm. Like, of course. Yeah, come on. Scorpius <laughs> playing all the angles. No witnesses. Yeah, He's just using people to get his own ends, as usual, and that's why we love to hate him. Yep. <laughs> all right. So, we go to uh, Moya's transport, where they're getting ready to leave, mm -hmm. and John's, you know, setting the controls, doing all of that. Yeah, John, John at least is in on this plan. Oh yeah, like, um, so they set the controls and say, right, okay, let's get ready to go. And Rona goes to give him the, uh, whatever it's called, the transceiver thing. <laughs> and he says, no, I already changed it so that they can't track us. Don't need to yeah, worry about that. It's a completely different thing. They're no, they're, they won't be able to look for this thing. But uh, Rona, basically kind of bullshits her way into, give, into giving him the new one. I, I actually like that she's bullshitting her way into it. And he's like, I don't know how it works, but uh, just, uh, your, your friend Rigel told me to use it. <laughs> and John's actually not having it. It's like, no, no, no. Especially, you shouldn't have told it to come, it's coming from Rigel. That doesn't mm. help. Yeah. Um, but the guard actually steps in and is like, 
so, uh, sire, it's important that uh, we follow the, these plans to the letter, and that we we need to take utmost secrecy. And that's actually what convinces John. And I'm like, God damn it, guard! <laughs> damn uh, it! You're not even in on this. You're not helping. So yeah, he's like, okay, and switches out for uh, Scorpius's uh, mm-hmm. tracking device, and off they go to go find uh, Rona's ship. Right, and then we cut back to Moya and the, go back to the B plot. Like they're two yeah. com- now, now at least in the, in the last episode, they were a little bit related because you know Moya was trying to get away from Scorpius, mm-hmm. and then it sets this up. Now they're just two completely separate plots. I'm hoping I this hope- has ramifications for the last episode. I would hope so too, um, but we, we'll see. But right now they're, they're completely different things. Yeah. Um, so. Moya's systems are actually shutting down in sequence. Yeah. And uh, she's, she's basically telling herself off. Yeah. That's probably the best word for it. I mean, yeah. And Zan's trying to stop it, but Pilot's like, no, she's doing it of her own will. You know, she's not being forced to. You know, her god told her to shut herself down, so she's shutting herself down. It's, yeah. Gotta hate God sometimes. Yeah, and. He, she, Zan is very angry with Kahenu and says, "You know, like all life cherishes life. What the hell are you doing? I'm not convinced that Moira is doing this willingly." Yeah, and actually, he does something really cool. He's like, "Well, if I can't convince you, maybe she can." And he just points up, and then we hear this ephemeral voice coming from basically everywhere, and mm-hmm. it says Moya, and it's Moya's voice Moya speaking yeah this is uh, this is the first time we directly hear Moya speak yeah and she's speaking in not full sentences but saying no. Moya fulfilled will go in peace she's you know happy with her life and is prepared to yeah go go in peace and Zan just breaks down at this she's like really yeah, upset yeah she's completely like she's at at command and as the lights go out, she just screams. Oh no! It, it's like a proper cry and a wail, and she's yeah, a wail heart- actually, heartbroken. Yeah. It's better. Yeah, it's, it's really. It. I mean, it's really effective. Harsh. It's really effectively done. It's a great, like this. It's a great scene from um, Virginia Hay, who mm. just really sells that emotion. It's kind of hard to watch. She's like, no, Moya, please, no. At this point, I'm like, wait a second. There's two things that aren't starting to make sense here. One, really, she should uh, Moya would give up despite not having found her kid. Mm. And two, if you're her god, why don't you just neuter her? Yeah, can you if not? If having gunships is the problem, just make her sterile. Yeah, can you not just do that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to ask her to kill herself. No. You can I... just be like, you know what? Okay, this is too risky. You don't get to have any kids anymore. Which yeah. Would, that would be fine. That Story would wise actually work because now she'd be doubly yeah, invested I mean, in finding Talon, her only child. Yeah, I mean, but for the purposes of drama in this episode and the next, I I can see why they go. I don't know, know where it's going yet, but well, well, for the purposes of drama, they the stakes have to be a little higher because then it's like okay, Moya could die, you know. Yeah, no, that's true. And if you want to, you know, benefit of the doubt and hand wave or explain this. You could go with something like, you know, he's, the fact, you know, we know that he's a capricious god already, and mm-hmm. the fact that Moya has already produced destructive life 
could be seen as grounds for, I guess, punishment or I guess whatever. So. Yeah. Even though it wasn't her fault, Fair but enough. like he's the, he's kind of that kind of god, I guess. Yeah. But, and it would also, you know. it also it also it also makes sense because he seems to be the type of god that uses the light touch. It yeah. Actively do something, he just convinces someone to do something. Yeah, so you know that's if we want to, you know, give some uh, benefit of the doubt explanation for mm. that. But really, Makes it's sense. not it's not presented that way. It's just you know, nope, we got to shut it down. <laughs> I mean, it was my first thought, but I get why this god's like no, <laughs> nope. Okay, this needs to go away. It's just an asshole. But yeah, this B plot is I. This it's is, okay. It's, it's interesting. Okay. I like it. There's tension. It's just. It's fighting against a far more interesting and far more complicated plot. Yeah. And the, to be honest, there are only a few scenes of it in this episode, I think. True. There's a couple more, but there. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Anyway. So we're back with. Oh, yeah, we're actually back with uh, Dargo and Rigel now. <laughs> back on the planet. Mm hmm. And Dargo is. Very angry with Rigel because you didn't tell us that Crichton was leaving. <laughs> Let us in on your plans. He says, I'm trying to save our butts. <laughs> I also like it. Rigel's like, was it my idea? If you want to choke somebody, choke the queen if you dare. Yeah. Liar, it was his idea, but never mind. I mean, it's a textbook, Rigel. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And then Tino, uh, Tino is actually there as well. And he says, the transport has disappeared and we've had no signal. Mm -hmm. And Dargo's like, it must be Scorpius. And, and storms off. And Eren's like, no, I reckon it's the Scarron. And and she is about to storm off, and Chiana's like, do you remember what happened last time you went to speak to the Scarron? You got your butt kicked. Let me try this. Yeah, because that's a good idea. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what are you going to do, Chiana? Yeah, Chiana, are you going <laughs> to... Basically, like... You got your butt kicked last time. Here, let me go. I'll get my butt kicked. <laughs> like, that's what I'm thinking. Well, like, well uh, I'll get my butt kicked this time, for variety's sake. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's my turn. So she's got to go speak with the Scarron. All uh -huh. right, sure. So now we're back with Crichton and Rona on the on the transport pod heading to her ship. Yep. And uh, this is a great conversation. Um, yeah. Because he says, you know, why is it so far away? Says, uh, it's just... Keep it safe from looters. He's like, why, why would anybody loot an empty ship? No, it's not. It's empty of crew, not of possessions. There's a lot of gifts for your wedding. And John's like, yeah, no, 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 no. You've already done enough. I'll talk to the missus. You can keep the toaster. <laughs> and you need Ron a toaster, right? Rona's giggling over the toaster. He's like, toaster! Because <laughs> um, John's like, look, I... I really don't need it. And she says that her people don't believe in possessions or material wealth. They live to serve. Yeah, having possessions is looked down upon. Yeah. Frowned upon, mm -hmm. actually, she says. And, you know, she's like, what purpose does, you know, material possessions have? And John actually thinks about it. It's like, well, uh, back home I had some stuff that I liked, and now I live in a converted cell. I've got no VCR, I've got no album. He's like, oh man, I don't have these music albums anymore. I got none of the stuff that I had. But then you find out that you don't really actually need very much. Mm -hmm. And I love that bit of reflection from John, because he starts off being like, well, there's all this stuff I miss, but he's like, oh, well, no. It's, it's, not, the, it's, it's not the stuff he misses. Yeah, and it's not, the, it's not important, and he's, you know, very... 
thoughtful about the whole thing and he's like you know what you can have the stuff I don't care about no you, you can have it yeah <laughs> I'll make sure of that I like that look I'm going to be a statue for 80 years somebody should use it while the warranty is still valid <laughs> Yeah, I like th I like that scene from John. It's very good. And I also like how it sets up Rona's betrayal slowly because this is talking about she's never had anything, and whatever Scorpions is giving her is gonna make her freaking rich. Yep, and and she's trying to understand what material wealth means. Hmm. Yeah. And how others look at that. Yeah. So he's prepared to give it all up because he doesn't need anything, and. The subtext I get here is, all, you know, all that he really needs and that he's come to uh, depend on is his friends and the crew of Moya, mm -hmm. which unfortunately is going to go away, you know, gets turned into the statue for 80 cycles. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, another good, another great scene. I love this. Because we go to Katrala and Jenna, who are both uh, <laughs> getting their makeup done. And it's like, you know, they're having, basically trading insults back and forth. Jenna says to Katrala, you know, so oh, poor Katrala, so unaware of what it takes. And Katrala answers with, what? what? What it takes to be a slut? And it's like, oh! <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, dear. They do not like each other, apparently. Ooh. They're saying, you know, you're in bed with my brother who's an arsehole and a white, you know, just basically gold digging, all that kind yeah, of Yeah, and she's like, well, from the perspective I'm looking at right now, I'm winning. <laughs> yeah, because you can get turned into a statue for 80 cycles. No, also, I'm actually... Your husband is gone. And oh, yeah, I'm also going to be empress. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, no, that's more important. <laughs> and... Oh, this is great, because then enter Aaron, who grabs both of them by the neck and slams them into the mirrors. And it's like, oh, oh, how dare you... Okay, shut up, you two. Listen, somebody <laughs> I care deeply about has just been kidnapped, and I'm going to find out what happens. And if I can't, I'm going to take out it out on your perfectly made-up faces. Am I clear? <laughs> yes! Yes! Good. So, good. Goodbye. <laughs> she walks away. Uh, the princess just walks away angry. I love I love Aaron when she does stuff like that. She's like, uh, don't just... mess with Aaron. No. I, this is, it's that contrast because we don't... We very rarely get to see that direct contrast to the... I guess the more traditionally feminine characters like you've mm -hmm. got a princess and like a potential queen you know they're royalty and they're very you know they're not the aggressive type and nope. <laughs> and then just Aaron comes in and is like right you two don't make me destroy <laughs> don't make me f you up like Aaron's Aaron's more the I mean, dumb force isn't the right, unsubtle force. Yeah, <laughs> more blunt. Yeah, a lot she's more blunt. blunt. <laughs> and where, where the the princess and Jaina are more subtle. Subtle. They're yeah. more, they're more backstabby. Yeah, Kn you know, knife, and, and knife in the sleeve. Aaron just punches people in the face. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> and but yeah, she will ruin them if something happens to Grey. So, um. Clavor and Cargan are now having a chat. We've got God, I love this scene so much. All right, so because Clavor is holding a pillow with two arms, he's like <laughs> he's holding out to his. But the implications here is like he's holding his pillow to feel safe. <laughs> he's got his safety pillow. Yeah, <laughs> and he's whining towards the to the Scarin. Yeah, and he says, Crichton attacked me. He slapped me. He hit me." <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> but we didn't gas him. No. And <laughs> I, I like that one, one person, uh, the Scaran says, well, at least your gas attack worked. So you're, you, you've won. And he's like, oh, I thought it was you. He's like, oh, hmm, awkward. Well, whatever it was that you've won. And I'm like, so, so it's Scorpius, right? That's the only third player in this game. Yeah, well, think about it. He sets up a gas attack, and then they're like, let's get out of here. And then, so he plant, so he's using Rona. Mm -hmm. So he basically sets up the, the thing to send them onto that ship so that he can then get Crichton alone and get him. Huh. So I actually assumed Rona wasn't in on the plot at that point. Cause I mean, possibly. I could have seen him gassing John and just extracting him from there. But on the other hand, that probably would have been harder. Yeah, I think like he gasses John. Rona's been in it from the start, and then she gets payment for that, and then gets payment later on. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah. total sense. Yep, that's that's. Remember, smart Scorpius line. is the chess master, you know. That's totally, totally sure. Yeah. Yeah, and so they're you know the the two of them are having a chat, and then just Chiana just walks right in as the two yeah. of them are discussing. You know, we're plotting to yes, we will win this plotting. Actually, Claver plotting. in this scene, the way he's. His posture. Yeah. Shoulders slightly too forward, neck a bit forward. He just looks so young it's all like of a sudden. I, in this child. scene, I realized how, how young he still is. Oh, yeah, very much so. He's, he's not a teenager, but he's acting like the petulant teenager. Yeah. He's, and he's, he's older, but he, his posture and mm. his face, they, the actor portrays him way younger than the actor probably is himself. <laughs> But yeah, just China is able to just walk in because these two idiots decided to have a discussion about their secret plans with an open door. I don't think they have doors here. Well, they no, they John and That's, no, you're right. Charlie got have, locked in. They have doors. Just yeah, shut the right. door. Anyway, because Chiana just walks in, it's like, oh, sorry, am I interrupting something? It's like, <laughs> why would you not have it in? She can just walk into your room while you're plotting secret. These people apparently, are not very smart. Apparently, plotting secret things isn't ground enough to get you kicked out. I guess. Because they know he's plotting <sighs> secret things. I Whatever. It's but, an open secret. I guess. Chiana comes in anyway, and she's like, Oh, hi, um, everyone. I'm a Nabari. Have yeah. you heard of us? Yeah, we destroy whole peacekeeper assault carriers. We've got big it ships and things. Yeah, and, and and we can mind wipe people. Uh, if 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 you do anything to John, you we'll get you. <laughs> she's, and they're just like, uh, okay. And she's like, yeah, yeah. You you watch out. Expect uh, retribution. Yeah. And as she's walking out, you can hear her under her breath muttering, "Frail." Oh, <laughs> what did you think was going <laughs> She doesn't even believe she made any headway in that one. No, it really didn't work at all. That bluff was not successful. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's like, we see Chiana bluffing, she fails outright. Yeah, so... I, I almost wonder what the point of that scene was, because it's just like... It didn't really do anything, but... Mm. I guess it's not... It's not... A, you know, it doesn't slow I anything I down. I like it, it as a... As a it does get across that was Scorpius with the ball. Right, yeah, that's true. And it, and it gives us a fun scene with Chiana, playing <laughs> off these two characters. That is true, alright, fair enough. Right, so... Now we go back to Crichton and Rona and the guards. They're all getting onto uh, the ship. 
because mm-hmm. we've had like these uh, CG shots of uh, the transport pod coming up from the planet, going up into orbit and approaching this ship, which is very blocky and square and mm-hmm. uh, has big sort of no- engine nozzles on it. It's very, it's very almost junky, but not quite. It's it, it basically a box flying box. Yeah. And so they uh, get onto the ship, they dock, and they're like, all right, let's go in. And an alarm goes off, Rona goes to shut it off. She's like, okay, no, we're fine, everything's fine. Yeah, and, and then they walk towards the bridge of it, and suddenly the guards get shot. Yep, and then a gun gets put to Crichton's head. Guess who it is? It's Lieutenant Brocker! Hey, Brocker, you old scallywag! <laughs> Welcome back, Brocker. It's been a while, we haven't seen him since uh, season one. And Looking all chipper, being like, haha, I got you. Got you. And she, he's like, okay, Runner, you gotta notify Scorpius uh, that everything is according to plan, or is going according to plan, and John's like, oh, no, no, no. And they, they, dis- they decouple the transport pod, because they need room for the Marauder to board. Yep. And Rona says, I want my payment. So she's clearly, you know, on the material possessions train now. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, give totally. me my payment. And then we get Scorpius... Uh, appears as a hologram image because mm-hmm. they move to the front of the ship which has got like two pilot seats and a bunch of yeah. equipment and things it's it's very sort of dark and um industrial in there with like wiring and tubing hanging around mm-hmm. um and so they're sitting there and scorpius comes up as a hologram and says congratulations john <laughs> it's like well done and uh you know, where's the exact word elusive inventive in custody. Yeah, great bit of wordplay there. And he's like, you know, and he actually explains why he wants Crichton so much. He's like, because of the wormhole knowledge in your head, you are, to my best knowledge, unique. In the galaxy. In the galaxy. So that's... And unique is always valuable. Oh, I love Scorpius. Like, his delivery is great because he's yeah. like that very, um, you know, very calm, very. Uh, intellectual dialogue. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he wants, and we know why he wants Crichton for the wormhole knowledge, yeah. but he's unique in that respect, and that's why you know he's coming, spending all this effort to mm-hmm. uh, capture it. And so Rona asks for payment, and Scorpius says, oh, "But of course, <laughs> you can." Yes. And Braca, give her something special when we're done. I'm like, yeah, that means kill her. <laughs> it's like I have it note- written down in my notes. Is like. Drana gets additional bullets. Yes. <laughs> no extra charge. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Scorpius also says, uh, your friend Dargo uh, visited me and, d- he don't, and he doesn't know where you are either. Um, you know, he's, and I don't either. So yeah, none of us know. He left quite dissatisfied. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so then you know, Scorpius shuts it off and Crichton, oh, this I is... I love this so much. This is great, this is fantastic, this is an amazing scene. This this is so... Because John, he mutters to himself, unique. And he realizes what that means to Scorpius. Scorpius needs him alive. Yep. Braca's holding him hostage with a gun. <laughs> and he suddenly realizes how futile that gun is. Yep. He just completely loses it, and he's like, come on, Brockett, shoot me! Yeah, because he just starts inputting commands, and Brockett's like, stop or I'll shoot. And like, John's like, promise? Yeah, you no, promise? really, seriously? Come on, do it, do it. Because John is so terrified of Scorpius at this point, he'll take death. 
Well, Let's take Dath over Scorpius. It's we, fine. We, if Rocka shoots him, he doesn't care anymore. He also knows that... Well, we know that he's at you know, his wit's end from the last episode. He's so fed up with everything. He's like, where do I do? Where do I go? I'm in an impossible situation. So he's like, okay, yeah, shoot me. Shoot me in the head. And then he's like, no, wait, don't shoot me in the head. Scorpius needs my brain. Shoot me in the heart. Yeah, yeah in the heart. like, here, to, to your left. No, my left. You're right. He's back into that manic Crichton that we've yeah. seen a few times. He's completely nuts at this point. And then he's like, no, okay, not the heart. Shoot, and then he points, moves Brucker's hand with the gun down to his crotch. He's like, John Wayne Bobbitt, shoot me down there. It's like, ah! uh, it's just like a high pitch. It's fantastic. It's great. It's like, and at some point, and, and he's just doing it, and then Brucker's like, okay, fine, I'll shoot your legs off. No, that doesn't work, you idiot. Human sebation. Human sebation. If you just put a scratch on me, I bleed out. I die. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Scorpius. I don't know what happened. He suddenly died. <laughs> and then also he's like, okay, no, wait a minute. My sex life. Kill my sex life. And he points Brucker's gun at his hand. <laughs> That's what he said? Yes. <laughs> he said sex life. Kill my sex life. He thought he was bluffing. The sex organ was in no, there. No, no. Way better. Come on. <laughs> so much better. Kill us. Was just pointing a gun at his hand. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, wow. This is a fantastic scene. I and, love and, and then he goes to the other console, and Rona tries to make, slightly makes him move, and he just turns around, puts his finger on his neck, and says, One more step where the weak point gets it. No, that's not what he says. He says, One, no more. Nobody move, or the white boy gets it. <laughs> it's like, and then he just. They back off, and he's like, "You people are so dumb." Which is, um, that's a Blazing Saddles reference. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? hell? How were you buying this? And he's basically just turning on all these systems, weapon systems, communications engines. Just make a big fuss. Well, he's trying to. I think he's basically trying to blow the ship up. Uh, Probably. Well, yeah, no, yeah. So that you know, they're like. Uh, take everybody down with him, and Rona jumps at him, and he like tosses her over, and he just like, and he's points just... down, like whoa, yeah. <laughs> he's completely Rock is trying to contain the damage, trying to turn things off, and at some point, the uh, because the weapons are charging the sat- the gun satellites that we saw in the first episode, they show up. Yep, and they start aiming, and it's like exactly, and it's <laughs> it's That's... just like. Oh, stand down or we'll shoot. And John's like, you want me to get that? And Brock is like, stay where you are. He's like, should I get the, the, the phone? Should I get the call? <laughs> Just, John raises his hand. It's like, okay, fine. <laughs> Brock says at one point to Crichton, it's like, you're insane. He's like, oh, you're only just figuring that out now. I thought it was common knowledge. <laughs> and Brock are like, has, they have a fight. And actually, um, Ronard jumps at Crichton again and he throws her into exposed wiring which electrocutes her. Yeah. And that gives him pause for a second. He's like, oh crap. <laughs> what have I done? Even though like she was working for Scorpius, but he still feels some regret about that. Some regret. And but Braca gets he's in a spacesuit already and Braca just gets a helmet on and like l- jumps out of the airlock. He's like, screw this, I'm out no, actually John tries to grab him. Yeah. Hold him and Braca's like, Do you want us both to die? What? Oh, yeah, let's actually leave. Come on, Bracca. And just starts dragging him along, pushing him forward. <laughs> and then right as they're at the door, Bracca whips him over the head with a helmet and just leaves. Yep. You can have the ship, Crichton, but I've got the helmet. <laughs> and, yeah, so the comms are down. 
Yeah, John's on his radio doesn't work. Yeah, John's on his own. The satellites are attacking the ship, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's like, what do I do? Oh god, I'm trapped. I'm screwed. And um, a familiar a, a voice yeah. in his head starts talking to him like, it's... you can't give up now, John. You've come too far. And it's a familiar voice. <laughs> I know. What, I I. Oh come it's on! Not entire, it's not entirely clear, but I figured oh, come out on. who it is. We know whose voice it is. We can clearly hear whose voice it is. Really? Yes. Any it's, moment. It's Scorpius's voice. It's not even it's a debate. Fine. It's very obviously Scorpius's voice. Fine. And he's uh, John's actually arguing with it. It's like no, no. It's like come on, John. You must survive. Survive. And and he's like sort of focusing and and so what he does is he grabs a gun. Yeah. And goes to the airlock. And he's like, never get off the boat, never get off the boat, never get off the boat. And then he just opens the airlock into open space. Jumps and out. Uses the gun to actually propel himself towards the transport pod. Mm-hmm. And he's like got a very limited window of time because, you know, there's no air. <laughs> it's the exposure to hard vacuum yeah, tends to be bad. Yeah, and he's sort of going head over heels, like rotating and just manages to get like he's in pain he grabs onto the outside of the transport pod and just gets in drags himself in opens the door uh, closes the airlock lets the pressure run in and he just stumbles into the cockpit falls over and we see he's completely pale like yeah humanly pale it's not eyes bloodshot nose bleeding and he's like <laughs> like good, he's still screaming. That's good. That's that means good, he's actually. alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. This... Okay. So, actually, question to you: Could he have survived that long? I. It's exactly. debatable. It's it's on that line where it probably he probably would have been a lot worse off than he was. Yeah. Because I, I I understand that it's possible to survive very briefly. Yeah, very briefly. But I, I I felt this was a bit too long for it. It was a little bit long, definitely. I was like, yeah, this is this is more than you should be able to take. But yeah, but, but you know, it's it's fair enough. But acceptable. It probably break. looked longer to him. Yeah. And through his eyes, we thought the scene was longer than it actually. Uh, yeah, was. maybe that's it. That's slowed it. down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, acceptable breaks from reality, I guess. Oh yeah, no, totally. It was a really cool scene. Yeah. So yeah, John manages to survive after being convinced by the voice in his head, <laughs> which. Like it, I'm sorry. I never it, expected that sentence to come out of either of our mouths in this series. <laughs> huh. Yeah, like you remember, he said like Scorpius is in his. He's haunted by memories of Scorpius. Yeah. And is there something else going on? Who the hell knows? We don't. Not, in, not at the moment, anyway. Nope. So after that scene, we go back to Zan on Moya, and uh, she's. <sighs> okay, she summons Kahenu and says. Okay, look, you're intent on shutting Moya down, but please, build Pilot a new ship so that he does not perish as well. Like, he doesn't deserve to die Yeah. as well. And he's like, nope, say your goodbyes. Yeah, like I said, God of the Light Touch. He doesn't do more than he needs to. In this case, whisper into the ear of Leviathan. Yeah. So, you know, it's a very quick scene. It's not actually yeah. much more to it than that. And uh, we go back to the planet. So Crichton has made his way back down and is lying on a table. He's got like some a clear mask with lights in it over his face, which is mm-hmm. clearly like helping his recovery from LED lights. Yeah, uh, and he's recovering from his exposure to vacuum and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's talking to Dargo, 
and Daga says, I spoke to the Empress. She's not going to do anything. You know, it's, uh, but she's put everyone on notice. Sounds like three near-death experiences. Really? And like nothing has changed. Oh. He's still exactly where he started. Yeah. Uh, and Crichton says, well, what, what do I do? What are my choices? As Dargo says, you can either run or you can stay here and I'll back you whatever you choose. Yeah. And John's just, he's really despondent. He's like, he's, ex and, he's exhausted. Because then Aaron comes in. Yeah. And uh, Dargo leaves and, the, and to have, to let Aaron and John have their conversation. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, I'm proud of you for being the John I always knew, fighting, resisting, never giving up. Mm -hmm. And Crichton immediately says, like, have you convinced Scorpius to stop chasing me? Have you convinced yeah. the Empress to not make me marry the princess? Have you find out, found a way off this planet? And she's like, you know, those are no reasons to get married. That's not a good reason to get married. Because, you know... Have okay, a, a, fine. Bigger picture. Millions, millions and millions of people dying... Yeah, if Clavor takes gets hmm. the throne. Throne. Yeah, that's what 80, I was. Eighty cycles isn't that long. Yeah, and Aaron can't believe he's doing this, and that's what I like about, like, like you said, like Dargo presents the options: you can run or you can stay, mm -hmm. and you know you can clearly see John wants to run. He doesn't want to be there. They've been on the run before. You know, it's not yeah. unusual to them, but. He's not so amoral that he'll condemn millions of people to death through war. That and he's yeah, he's tired. He's he's he's, he's done. He's yeah. he's been pushed so far the last mm. few days. So uh, Scorpius coming back, mm. his memories haunting him. All that all that stuff. He just he wants to be done with it. If if he gets married, he'll be done with Scorpius. Done with running. He'll just be, he just. He can just relax. Yeah, and Aaron is basically trying to convince him to, you know, be the John that I remember, which is, you know, finding another way, fighting, yeah. never giving up, and even just running. Yeah, I, but the problem John, is... I, no, I like that John asks, what if there's no fight left in me? Yeah. Then you run. And if, then, then he asks her, what, run away with you? I said, with all of us, together. And that's the mistake she makes. Yeah, because what he needed right now at that point is something else to hold on to. Yeah, and she needs to be that thing, and she she she's too scared to be it. Yeah, to be his hope. And that's the other thing is that he knows that if he runs, he can, he's gonna cause he's gonna start a war. Yeah, and he can't and he can't do that. He will not. He won't no. do that. And, and he need, he needed something to keep fighting for, and Aaron just yeah, she's, she's too scared. Yep. Never mind the fact that Moyer is gone and is shutting down, so how you would run away, I don't know, but never mind. That's that's beside the point, really. Yeah, no, it, it totally is. But the, the, it they was, would have had other options. I know, it was in the back of my mind the whole time. It's like, you know, Moyer's gone. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he just lays down on the bed, and Aaron says, you can't quit. And he's like, I can't go on. It's like, are you, are you still the Crichton I knew then? And he just doesn't say anything, and she leaves. Mm -hmm. And she walks past Casanova, Dragon Casanova, who's getting you know dressed or with a friend of his standing there putting on some robes, I guess for the mm -hmm. wedding or whatever. Probably. And she's like, "Right, you, 
I'm going to explore the barren lands. You want to come if you think you can keep up? Right, good. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and he's giddy like a schoolgirl. He's like, ah hi, what? Yeah. And Aaron's just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Try to keep up, Bozo. Yep. Now, oh, man, but that guy's going to die in the barren lands. It's so sad. So, so sad. He's, I'm, he's I'm broken up inside. Yeah, he's going to follow Aaron up a cliff and he's just going to fall because he has no idea what he's doing. I'm, I'm heartbroken. Yes, it's, it pains me. Yes, I, I'm so, me. so sad. <gasps> okay. <laughs> Speaking of things that are actually sad. Yeah. <laughs> let's Ugh. go back to Pilot Zan. Dying? Yeah, because everything, Pilot dying? everything is shutting off. Moya's systems are going. Um, the lights are out. He actually says Moya's consciousness. I can't feel Moya's consciousness anymore. She She's slipped, gone. Slipped away from me. Because Zan is right there in Pilot's Den. She's actually right with him and you know, hugging him, pressing his face, and she's, and he says to her, like, don't feel sad, life was good, and, you know, we are fulfilled, and, and I love this callback, he says, yeah. I can go, I've finally seen the stars, seen the stars, which is all he wanted to do, that's what he said, oh. um, in the way we weren't, when he was being, you know, he said, why did, what do you want to do? And he says, I, you know, I want to see the stars so badly. And now he has. So he yeah. can die fulfilled. God, uh, such a powerful scene. Mm-hmm. And, such a powerful line. And actually he puts his claw up to her. And like she takes his claw in her hand and just holds it for a second. Says, mm. Zan says, it's been a pleasure. And, you know, ready now. I've seen the stars. And that's where we cut away. And like it cuts away to like a uh, pan, uh, like a uh, pulling back from the den with the two of them in, yeah. right in the middle of it with all the lights off and it's just it's really sad mm-hmm. um yeah it's like isn't that the end of Moya and Pilot? my my television watching instincts say no <laughs> no but but it, it's I mean, not I, I wouldn't put it past the show to find the new Leviathan that is true if they did I would expect everyone to be there though like from an out that of that is yeah narrative standpoint yeah you're right you would want the whole crew to know about it because those, those, those sometimes doing that off screen for some off screen for some between air quotes for some characters could be very powerful could be but I don't but... think I don't think uh, Farscape is playing on that level no I don't think it would do that and you know so I think we can. Assume, but I mean, it's a little hard to tell from just from this episode, just from mm-hmm. this episode, like ignoring you know a meta sense. You know, it's presented as legit, yeah. Um, and it's a very moving and emotional scene between the two mm-hmm. of them. And then, so we go back to uh, everybody else, and it's wedding time, yep. And so, everybody's getting ready, they're getting dressed, they're wearing. Uh, red robes or white robes yeah. or whatever. I, and- I like actually that it seems like everybody in the royal family or those uh, married to the royal family or something uh. or in a function to the royal family are dressed in red. Yep. Everybody else is dressed in white. And the detail is that Gianna and Darga are also dressed in red. So is Rigel, which I loved. He's got like a little tiny little collar and some mm-hmm. robes. They must have had to have them made special. <laughs> and, but Rigel's loving it. He's like, ah, oh, yes, I can feel power again. I can yes. Smell the power again. Yeah. 
<laughs> he's loving being back in that you know regal um, yeah. environment. And the and the uh, princess comes in. Uh, they stand together, and she whispers in John's ear, which I like. Uh, pieces of different kindling sometimes create the brightest fire. <laughs> it's like oh. Okay, thanks, I guess. Oh, also, Scorpius is there as well. Yeah. And he comes up to John and says, You're making a mistake, John. <laughs> and he says, No, I don't think so. Uh, I made one request for uh, this wedding. Is that uh, if I go through with it, you're banned from this planet. You know what they said? Yes, sire. <laughs> He's like, Ah. And he sort of steps back a bit. Like, mm. Yeah, walks to a different part of the room. <laughs> So it's uh, they actually go ahead with the ceremony, and mm-hmm. everyone is there apart from Erin. She's off doing rock climbing or whatever. Yeah, you know, which makes it you know Erin not being there. Erin's yeah. yeah, a- a- getting Casanova killed. <laughs> Something it's, it's, like that. Somebody needs to do it. <laughs> so yeah, they start off the whole thing, and they say you know everybody uh, kneels down apart from the royalty, including Crichton. Yeah, and like, he actually tries to kneel first, and then the, the empress is like, "Not you, not you, stand up," and says, "You know, we're here to do- marriage is what brings us here together today." <laughs> not quite like. And that. then at some point, uh, all the vows without hesitation, blah, blah 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 blah. And they do the whole, you know, if anybody has reason to put doubt on this thing, then stand up now and say something, and nobody. And otherwise, does. shut up for the rest of your life. Yep. <laughs> nobody and- stands up, despite several people in the room. Being the type of person that could stand up. Scorpius, the yeah, Scaran, yeah. uh, the brother, the servant. Dargo, Chiana. Yeah, totally. I don't think Rigel can stand up and just like make his chair go higher. But <laughs> I would have, I was half expecting Aaron to just barge into the room. This just kick sh- open the door. Just, John Blazing. Yeah. Okay, I'm taking you with me. <laughs> We're getting out of here. What? <laughs> no, but uh, that does not happen. They go through with it. The ceremony happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it's over, Crichton's talking to Dargo and he's like, where did Aaron, where was Aaron for that? And says, you know, forget about her, you know, it's too late. Um, mm-hmm. She's off doing her own thing now. And uh, Crichton gives Chiana some recordings he made for Pilot, Zan and Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, okay, all right, I'll, t- I'll make sure they get them. And gives him a hug, and she says, "I love you." <laughs> he does does the hand solo things. I love you. So like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the princess actually goes into the cubicle, I guess, whatever the frame in which yep. um, she gets turned into a statue. She says, "I will stand here for eighty cycles with love in my heart." Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> yep, there's like beam of light, and she just gets turned into like a proper. Uh, Proper statue, yeah, like a piece of metal. It almost looks like. I I love the smart cutting there because it it pans across. We see her. It pans over the corner of that frame, Mm. and then we see the statue. It's like ah, clever. Yeah, nicely done. And so, and John's like, oh god, this is really happening, isn't it? I like John's. Whoa, and Dargo Reeves being like, whoa, whoa, (laughs) yeah, whoa. (laughs) But John's like, oh god, I guess I'm really doing this. So he steps up to the plate, and uh, Tino says to him, it's like, um, it's calibrated for sebations. So try to endure the pain and rule just. And it's like, why do you tell him now? Well, because he probably would have chickened out of it. It's too late now. And uh, 
like for the entire eighty cycles, or just the start? I think it's just the 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 beginning. Thank God. I, I don't know, but I, I would hope so. So he's like, "All right, let's uh, get up there." So he stands up there, and, uh... and Dargo says, "Like John, I have good news and I have bad news for you." I John's like, "Okay, give me the bad news first. You're married." You have to enjoy 80 you're married, cycles. You're married. You're going to be 80 cycles in a statue in a strange world. He's like, all right. What's the good news? Gianna and I are having incredible sex. <laughs> Which is just great. And there's just that brief moment. They're both looking at each other. And they start laughing. They just like, both crack up. It's like... It's like <laughs> they're just laughing. And John, John's just standing there and he's like, okay, fine. You're right. And he just... Cheering fingers up. And he does like the two, uh, two fingers up like the V poses, like hey, into into both hands, and then just the thing gets on, and just pain and he goes to his knees, like with a hand just... back above his head, and his mouth opens, like ah, frozen into a statue. And, and that everybody's pose. like clapping. I'm like, don't clap. The man looks terrible. Do you want that sitting, that anguished face sitting in the courtyard for eighty cycles? Well, you got it. Now deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even at the same height as her. Yeah. That, that causes him to be like his... The highest point of him is halfway up the yeah. princess. <laughs> whatever. Like, weird. I'm sure like like 60 cycles from now or whatever, they'll have whole bunches of theories about what that means and yeah, what the pose like, represents. Is and, yeah, what is he trying to... Yeah, probably. Is it about right. fear of whatever? And yeah. Is, yeah. Is, it, is it to keep the... Keep an eye on the anguish of ruling and the pain that yeah exactly the, exactly uh, that kind of taking the big decisions that kind of crap <laughs> and that's where we get our second uh, to be continued yes in the next episode which is part three I'm I'm telling you the title right now because it's really fun. part three is the Maltese Crichton <laughs> 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 referencing of course the Maltese Falcon statue yeah uh, you know but. Oh. Yeah, no, that's the, the Maltese Falcon was like a detective story, like a noir detective story where they're looking for a statue of a falcon. Ah. So that's what they're doing there. I did not know that. Ah, there you go. The Maltese Crichton. <laughs> but yeah. I that... thinking of something else. Oh, never mind. Anyway, but that's the end of the episode. That's part two, and it will be continued next week. So, this was a lot better. Way better. So much better than the last episode. Way better. Interesting character moments. Yeah. The plot was nice and fast. Things were happening. Everybody got some good screen time. Yep. Like, yeah, basically just a great episode. Yeah, and absolutely just hands down best scene is Crichton on the uh, on the ship with all the wedding presents completely losing his mind. Yeah, it was uh, so good. So good. It's like, of course, that makes total sense. They, these people have no idea what type of race he is, so he can just pull it off. And he's just like, yeah, you know, you can't kill me. You need me alive, so I can use that to my advantage. I can do whatever the fuck I want, because you can't do anything. <laughs> and just like, kill my sex life. This <laughs> is John getting into that, like, really manic state. Yep. And Ben Browder is so good at that. So, oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, the only thing that kind of is bugging me is like the B plot with Moya and yeah. Zan and Pilot. Like on its own, it's well, it's fairly, it's okay. It's interesting. It's interesting, but it's the fact that it's so disconnected mm. from the from the main plot that it's like uh, trying struggling to hold as much interest. Yeah. 
So, you know, it's not terrible, um, but it's just, I feel like it didn't really need to be there. No. I'm hoping it picks up. Yeah, to be it honest... It actually becomes part of the main story. To be honest, I would rather, like, Moya meeting her creators and having a discussion about whether or not she should be allowed to live. That should be its own episode. Yeah. That would be way better as its it own episode. super interesting, actually. Because it's really just, heavy stuff. And I that, mean, don't think that you could be easily a- have Xanamoy just being away. Yeah? What? And just them telling what happened afterwards in a brief scene. I just... Um, I'm also still, you know, a little bit uh, upset that Zan doesn't have more to do in the rest of the story. You know, she's not yeah. involved with this whole thing. Um, it, it, you know, on it on its own, it's not actually that bad, but it's just like I don't. It's just the juxtaposition to compare mm. to the main plot that just doesn't work. And it's also because it's such a heavy thing. It's such heavy subject because Moya's gonna die but it's hardly given any attention because it's mm-hmm. only a couple of scenes because we have the rest of the episode with everything else going on mm-hmm. so it's like it doesn't really quite work but it's very it's you know it's a doesn't take much away from the episode for me it's just I think yeah. it could have been better utilized on its own as as a standalone episode agree uh, with everybody else there and all of that you know stuff going on it's, but I tell you what, it's nice to see Jonathan Hardy um, in the flesh. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that was fun. Um, but yeah, this episode, because it doesn't have the burden of doing all of the setup of the first one, it can just be like, okay, let's tell a story. Yeah, and for that, I, I'm going to give it a four out of five. Yeah, same, definitely. Um, that's much more like it, really. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fun. It's and, good. And like I said, the previous episode... Uh, it's really we marked it down because it had to do all this setup, which, yeah. it, to be fair, it had to do. Yeah, something had to be done about that. But it's just, it was only doing setup. Yeah, yeah. it didn't have its own story. I mean, it did, but well, most of no, it was yeah, mo- right. it, it was mostly totally setup. It was mostly yeah. Setup. Uh, it was just very dense with everything going on. This was a lot less dense, a lot more straightforward. Like we've set up the players, we set up the situation, we set all of that stuff up. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just go ahead with the plot, which is great, yeah. And some great acting from uh, everybody involved. But like uh, hat- again, like hats off to Ben Browder. <laughs> totally. So yeah, four out of five, definitely. Mm-hmm. So that's part two. Um, a quick note about part two, actually, because this was originally supposed to be a two-part episode. Oh. Uh, and it's as we said, a three-part episode. But they had a few scenes left over after filming because they did actually what they filmed was part what is now part one and part three mm-hmm. were the, the two episodes they filmed but they had some scenes left over after the edit of part three um and they were like oh you know what we can flesh this out into a three-part episode okay so that's what they did so part two was then written and built around those scenes and they shot a bunch of extra stuff which is why in the uh like filming order Part two comes after part one and part three, which we've yeah. talked about before. Like looking at the list of when they were shot, they shot part one, part three, and then later on part two. Yeah, because they were like, you know what? No, we can make this into a three-parter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see next week, but I think it's working. Hmm. So we'll be back with part three next week. Yes, and that will be the conclusion of this trilogy of uh, Look at the Princess, mm-hmm. and like we said, it's called the Maltese Crichton. Yeah, and uh, let's have a look. Uh, this. Did, uh, did we did we give a synopsis last time? I don't think no, we, we did. didn't, and I don't think we should this time. Let me just have a look. See if uh, there's anything. Da, 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 da. 
Oh no, yeah, no. Okay, yeah. We'll we'll leave you in suspense. Yes. <laughs> I, think I like to, I like doing that for the the three parters or two parters yeah. or whatever. Makes a little sense because it it any information would give us a lot of information. Oh yeah. Because we know what the story what we're at in the story. Yeah, we know what the plot is. Mm-hmm. And so then basically the synopsis becomes quote spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll be back for that, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. This was a this was another good one. Mm-hmm. I think we're starting to get a little bit back on track now with uh, the second half of season two. Yep. And much more so that we've got now we've got Scorpius involved, and we've got you know it's nice to see Braca again, and uh-huh. Scorpius is engineering the whole thing with you know him on the ship, and he's like, nope, you can't have me. I'm blah blah insane. It's <laughs> it's great. It's just. And I'm going to be curious where we go from the, from here. Yep. Because a lot, a lot of themes, a lot of ep- parts of the episode seem to be done. Hmm. Who knows? We'll find out next uh. time. So uh, make sure to come back next time for that, and we'll see you then. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Carmel Hats. Red's at Vodokan in Tree. Yes. And you can go to carmelhats.co.uk for my previous episodes or for other projects, and patreon.com slash Hats to support this podcast and uh, everything else I do. And we'll see you next time. So thanks for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye! Alright, Red. It's a three-parter. I need you to get back in the statue machine. No, come no, on. no, you're not. Come on. Uh, give me it's that. Give me, uh, get, get up. There we go. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> got it. No. <gasps> yes. Got him. Okay, now how do I get out of... Frell, the keys were in his pocket.